Welcome to the Wanderers Podcast. I'm Tessa. And I'm Derek. And we're here to sit on our couch and uh, share a conversation with you. And hopefully um, Derek and I will offer some insight and observations Mm -hmm. into our world Mm -hmm. and how we interpret what we experience Mm. and let it be hopeful for you as you are on your journey through your life and processing through things. That's so good, babe. So we are in the throes of holidays, right? It's Mm. the holiday season. This is the season to eat too much, you know, because diet starts January, (laughs) not even Monday. (laughs) This is months away, so everything's free game. Yeah, I, you know what? I love, I love the holiday season. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. We were just in Texas. Shout out to all my Texans. Um, we were just in Texas for two weeks visiting my family and, and friends for Thanksgiving. And it was really great. I, I think it was the first time I spent Thanksgiving with, with my family. We spent Thanksgiving with my family in five or six years. Yeah, with the kids and... With kids and cousins. and Yeah. And it was just really fruitful. Um or at least fruitful for me. We, we yeah, talked about how definitely. how even our families do Thanksgiving differently, mm-hmm. and um, that was that was eye opening for for me and my family. Like just getting together and having everyone in the same room and pigging out and cutting up and laughing and telling jokes. Like that's that's a that's a good time. But yeah. Tessa, well, yeah, I remember our, my first Thanksgiving with your family. I like, are we going to sit at the table? Like we weren't sitting at the table. We all had these, you know, massive paper plates with sections and it was like, like six different, um, roasted or no, no smoked brisket items yeah. and, uh, ribs. And like the turkey was kind of like lame. <laughs> like in Texas, it there's, an afterthought. yeah, it's like, Oh great. A turkey. But, but the ribs, yo, um, yeah, and so it was it was chaotic. There's a lot going on, and I was like, "Wow, this is different." So yeah, what do you do for you? What, so, what, what, how did you grow up? Well, we just we gathered around the table, and usually it was like our fancy dinnerware, and usually we had the goblets filled with really nice sparkling cider or sparkling grape juice, basically. Um, yeah, and we would share a thank you, you know, not a, well, a gratitude, and. Holidays always seemed really like significant and special. I did get two of them growing up, so mm. um, with my mom and my dad, uh, separate gatherings, which is was always great. You know, as a kid, you're like, I got to eat amazing meal <laughs> twice, uh, and we would always go to my aunt's house. That that was fun. Yeah. I have a lot of memories there. Yeah. So, what would you say is your one of your favorite things about the holidays? Whether that's Thanksgiving or Christmas yeah, or Christmas even New Year's is coming up. Uh, I would say I love just having the tree in the living room. I just, the lights on it, I know that's what it was. It's like a, just an environmental thing where mm-hmm. the winter kind of brings like a gloomy darkness mm-hmm. and it gets dark at five and mm-hmm. having just a really bright tree in the house just feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love food, but this is my second maybe even third holiday season where I'm actually not uh, consuming a lot of processed foods and gluten and all the gluten and all of the dairy, dairy gluten, sugar, 
So Corn. I am a little sad because that, that actually has a lot of ties for me. Like I freaking love eggnog. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but like the last several years, That's each true. year it became more and more mm-hmm. like a thing. It did. Where last year, I think I was, no, two years ago yeah. when we moved here, uh-huh. um, I was pregnant and we, I just, we bought eggnog like every week. You chugged the nog. I chugged the and nog. Just, it was so good. And I like. I don't remember growing up eggnog being a big deal in my family. Like I, I don't ever really remember like. No, maybe I. Maybe it was, it, but. It, it get, was, but getting married to you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden every Christmas you're like, I gotta have eggnog. I'm like, what, what, well, why? Well, it, it became a thing, I think, from my family watching <clears throat> uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, you Classic. Know, you know, Uncle Eddie. And it just felt like I need eggnog and I also need that like turtleneck thing that's under my white sweater. <laughs> um, so I, I just, I like Christmas parties. We don't really get to go to do a bunch of that anymore with I feel like children and it's harder. We don't get invited to things anymore. <laughs> um, so if anyone wants to invite us, uh, just kidding. But I no, love just gathering together and eating a meal and sharing mm. um, a good time together. Laughter, mm-hmm. gratitude. Another tradition that was um, starkly different between Tessa and I, from my family growing up, um, my parents were, were foster parents, and so we always had a lot of kids in our house so every christmas um christmas morning we'd get up and all the presents would get passed out and there was always a ton of them because there was a lot of people under one roof um i feel like each kid had like but six even, or seven but even each kid it had a lot of presents and so each kid would get their presents and then it was literally a countdown three two one go and everyone Shredding. would just and everyone's unwrapping their gifts at the same time, and it was just chaotic, and then it's all over in like five minutes. Yeah. Whereas your family. Yeah, so uh, with my family, we would open up one present at a time and kind of show it off, and usually sometimes even took a photo with it. Oh, like torture. <laughs> my mom. It's the worst. We have so many photos of us holding up our, our presents in front of the tree uh, with my brother and I. Um, and then we went, so that was Christmas Eve always, and then Christmas Day we'd go to my dad's, and then we'd have Christmas with my dad, and then we would actually then get in the car and drive to um, another Christmas, and it was just so fun. I, I loved it. Mm, Christmas, Christmas traditions. There's so many out there. And we, we're I'm still trying to figure out our own. Yeah. Like, what do we want for our family now having... Two kids. We have a four-year-old and a six-month-old. It's going to be the best Christmas oh, ever with her because yeah, she's so like alive and mm-hmm. excited about Christmas because the Polar Express is her her jam. It's her favorite movie. She says every movie's her favorite, though. That's true, but actually, I think the Polar Express really is her favorite movie. <laughs> she favorite. could watch it any day, any time. Polar Express. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, today we have a, a topic for you that we find pretty interesting. Um, hopefully you will too. But today we want to talk about life after deconstruction. Yeah. I feel like there should be some spooky like Halloween song. Well, most of you are probably even like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Cause I, I think it's hit Portland, uh, in a lot of different facets and different Mm. groups. But as a, as a whole, I don't, I don't really think a lot of people, Mm. I've I've actually asked several people recently and they had no idea what that word meant Mm -hmm. really. So yeah, let's yeah. let's answer that. What is deconstruction? That's a good question, and I'm gonna give you my really more of my opinion, my viewpoint, my my thoughts as it has pertained to me in in our journey. Yeah. Um, some people might define it differently, but 
my perspective is deconstruction in a sense this is basically just what it sounds like it's it's taking something apart and in our context it's it was it was taking apart our belief system it was taking apart the way we saw ourselves it was taking apart you know how we saw ourselves how we saw the world what was our you know how we saw god and faith and yeah. life even so this deconstruction process has typically pertained to those types of things. And, and in our circles, it's, it seems to be a lot about faith. Um, we hear a lot of stories, even many friends that we've talked to that um, that ha- are kind of running in the opposite direction of the way they were brought up, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, like at a least, full big turning. Yeah, at least in the religious sense or the, the, the church faith sense. Um, many people we know were, were raised one way and now... Maybe renounce is too strong of a word, but but look at the way they were raised and gone. I don't believe that anymore. I don't walk that anymore. I I do this now, and it's something totally different. And, yeah. and maybe it's still, maybe it's still in church or in a faith journey. Maybe it's not. Yeah, because it could be instead of turning completely away and renouncing, like you said, it could be just they grew up very legalistic, mm-hmm. and so now they're operating more in a grace pattern yeah which looks like a lot of freedom don't tell me what to do i can do whatever i want sort of mentality and and that's those are extremes of course but um but yeah that's the way i view it deconstruction being just a simple taking taking it apart and the reason we we want to talk about this personally is because of two things one we've kind of gone through this process pretty recently within the last year or two i think i started a bit earlier Mm -hmm. last summer um, and I, and I kind of did it alone because that's the way I, I just, I do a whole lot of thinking by myself, uh, and didn't really do a whole lot of processing with, with Tessa, partly because I think I was, I was scared that I would scare her, you know, in an effort to hold it together for the family. You know, I wasn't going to show any, any weakness. And so I just kind of went through this process on my own. But yeah, that's it, the first It reason. wasn't until I started going through mine that you actually told me, oh yeah, I, I kind of did this a year ago. And I was like... <laughs> What? I kind of I didn't get mad at first. Mm-hmm. I think I was more shocked that yeah. you did that without talking to me. But yeah, that was probably the first thing in our marriage mm-hmm. after what almost nine years, where you were doing something very private to uh, to process, and mm-hmm. I think that that was okay for you. And I knew your intentions, so it wasn't it didn't hurt me. But mm-hmm. I, I there was a moment where I was like. What? Like I'm so verbal processor. Yeah. Like I can't. I can't wrap my mind around that. Yeah, and I think going back to what was going on last summer, um, your health had yeah. plummeted, and there was a lot. And I just did not want to add totally any more stress. Yeah. Um, and I saw this as it was stressful for me to yeah. be questioning what I believed, and and I did not want to add any pressure to you. Yeah. No, it was, it was good, but keep going. Yeah. Either way. So, so that's the the first reason we we feel like we've gone through this deconstruction process ourselves fairly recently. And number two is our, in our observations, we've seen, we've seen a lot of people, you know, kind of begin this deconstruction process and it just keeps going further downhill. Like they just keep digging a hole and keep digging and keep digging and keep digging and it keeps going like spiraling downward and I don't. I think at some point it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. Um, that's my toxic. perspective. It can become toxic, especially for other people, even. Yeah. Um, and so, this, the second reason we want to talk about this is we, we actually want to 
talk about reconstruction. What does it look like not just to have to go through a deconstruction process, but yeah. once you've pulled everything apart, what are you going to put back together? Yeah. How uh, are you going to rebuild? And yeah. what are you going to rebuild on? And what are you going to rebuild on? So Tessa, from your perspective, what is the purpose of deconstruction? Yeah, uh, I think the purpose of deconstruction is is a tool for us to mm. really even go on a journey of self-discovery. Mm. Um, I think we, a lot of us, have a an upbringing that um, shapes us. And honestly, I feel like for people who go through deconstruction and they have a really like strong faith background that was hurtful, they will, I've, I've heard where you can look back and go, you know what, that was hurtful, but I am the person I am today because of those experiences and not to wish that that wouldn't have happened, but to just be more mindful. And so I think with deconstruction, it's, it's actually helping you become more aware of who you are, what do you believe, um, because I think it's great if you grow up like I did in a Christian home and Christian environment from parents that got saved in the Jesus movement. And so I just, that's, I lived and breathed like knowing God growing up. And in my late 20s, you know, going through a traumatic experience with loss of a baby, mm. it forced us into deconstruction, mm. honestly. I, I, in some ways, so the purpose of it for for me personally um, but I know for other people, it is a way to regain focus on your trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are you going to teach your children? Are the things that you learned or something you want to, um, continue putting into your family. Yeah. I like that you put it in terms of being a tool because I think that's, that's key to understanding even the purpose of the process that, that this is a tool you're going through much like any other self-discovery tool, Myers-Briggs, DISC, Enneagram, whatever, um, they all serve a purpose and, and it's not, a, they're not means, um, in and of itself. Yeah. It's not a right? means to an end. Yeah. Like, like the oh. purpose of knowing your Myers-Briggs isn't just to know your Myers-Briggs, right? It's, it's actually to be able to apply that and, and be helpful. Right. So, yeah. so in this deconstruction process, it's important to know that it, it serves a purpose, but, but we want to, we wanted to avoid spiraling downward, which is so easy to do. Uh, when you begin to pull apart, it's like if you've ever done any sort of demolition work or if you've ever pulled things apart. Or watched Chip and Joanna Gaines or watched Chip and Joanna Gaines. demo it, day. It, it's addictive. It really is. It is addictive. So one time I was, I was helping this friend of mine uh, pull apart wood pallets because he was building like apple boxes for his daughter. And what, my job was to pull those pieces of wood apart. And... It's just, it's a, it's addictive. It's like, I, I, I wanted to keep doing it. I wanted to keep doing it. If you're scraping like wallpaper off a wall, it's like, and maybe this is part of my personality. Maybe this isn't everybody, <laughs> but, but I'm just like, I have to get every little piece a and then just obsessive. keep going and keep going and keep going. Yeah, I could be a little obsessive. Um, but it can be addicting. This like, I'm going to pull this apart. I'm going to pull this apart. Yeah, what's what, next? What's like, next? What else can I pull apart? Yeah. And it, it can. So for us, I don't. I wouldn't say we actually started the process of deconstruction with the plan to reconstruct. True. I think we, like a lot of people, you kind of fall into it. You kind of are, are, are all of a sudden asking these questions and it's mm-hmm. scaring you. Yeah. And you feel like, I can't tell anybody around me mm-hmm. that I'm doubting this, this thing that I've believed my whole life, that people believe this tradition that... 
is very deeply rooted in my community. And what if I share this, then what am I going to think about me? So mm-hmm. it can be a very isolating thing to go through. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been lucky to have you mm. and you know and you know me by now to yeah. where well there's moments where you're like are you saying this for real or are you <laughs> processing because um, I do I, I process a lot and just verbally vomit and like it helps me kind of well what do I believe and so that can be really messy with somebody who yeah. maybe t- is like oh Tessa's serious this mm. is she doesn't know what's happening to herself so I'm saying that because I think for us it wasn't a reconstruction wasn't necessarily in the future thought Mm. but as we got deeper into I think for me as I got deeper into the hole if you if if you imagine I'm digging a hole then I think I decided we decided like I I can't keep going at this it just was negative and toxic honestly Mm. and Mm -hmm. it was starting to really yeah um eat eat at me and I think that there were moments where it was like okay but what do I believe and where are we going to go from here? Mm -hmm. You know, I think another thing to think about is what does the onset of deconstruction look like? And for us, it was, it was trauma. Uh, And I think for a lot of people, it's, it's trauma. And and when I say trauma, it doesn't have to be something huge. If you're measuring traumatic events, it could be, you lost a job or some, some big event in your life. A leader hurt you. Yeah, that you really honored and valued. Yeah, but a shift usually, I think, takes place in 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 someone's life, and then these questions begin to come up, and that's kind of what happened for us, and 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 it happened for us at different times, but I think the same event triggered mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense. So mm-hmm. losing losing Haven, January twenty seventeen, put us on this trajectory to begin to pull things apart and go, gosh. Yeah. What do I even what do I believe anymore? And I feel like our culture around Christianity kind of it frowns upon questioning. Hmm. It doesn't give us a lot of permission to ask questions and to doubt. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also the scary part for believers to mm-hmm. want to ask questions yeah. or even feel like it's okay like oh I can't, I can't mm-hmm. you know. Um but what from what we've learned I think it's <clears throat> super valuable. I mean just like we we want to teach journey things and we want her to be I think that's the part about learning is about asking questions and getting clarity and there's a lot of questions that are unanswered even still today for us mm-hmm. and so it, it helps you again like prioritize and what's mm-hmm. most important yeah and I would say as believers as Christians um, who claim to follow Jesus I think following the pattern of Jesus is important and I heard recently that Jesus was asked something like two in the Gospels in the gospel accounts um, Jesus was asked something like 200 and something questions. It was a lot. It was a lot. And in return, Jesus himself asked over 300 questions. But Jesus only directly answered three questions. I think if Jesus is okay with questions yeah. <laughs> and not giving answers, then, then we should be too. Um, I think the thing that's compelling about the person of Jesus is his demeanor is one that says, Come and see. Come and see. Like the guy who says, Jesus, where do you live? You know, where do you live? He says, come and see. Yeah, an invitation. It's an invitation. And invitations inevitably bring questions. Mm -hmm. So for us, deconstruction isn't a bad word. For others, I think you're right, it can be. but, But I think going into that sort of process of pulling apart your beliefs, I think it's important also 
to have a, at least a loose plan to at the end of that or somewhere in the middle of that process go, okay, I don't know everything that I believe anymore. It's not as solid as it used to be, but what is solid? Yeah. Where can I anchor my hope? What are the, the, the things I can put a yeah. stake in the ground and say, I at least know this. And for some of you, you might need a friend Oh yeah. to help you pull you along and say, hey, stop thinking like that. That's not you. Because mm-hmm. there are going to be times where I feel like I was not in like thinking correctly. I was definitely coming from a place of like hurt and frustration and anger, mm-hmm. which I think, again, it's good to go through those emotions. Yeah. But to have a friend, have a trusted friend by your side. Yeah, and I think, again, everyone's different. Um, when I was kind of going through this process for me I did a lot of it alone yeah you don't need a friend I mean I did <laughs> no I needed friends because um, I called I picked up the phone and called a, f- a few yeah. people it was, yeah. it was it was just a few and what was funny is one one close friend I called he basically said well you kind of did this to yourself <laughs> he basically said like you, you kind of asked for life to be hard sort of like you 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 wanted an adventure you wanted you know, to do life to the mm. fullest. And when you step out and take risks, things are going to happen and mm. things are going to turn out the way you thought. Uh, and they certainly have not for us. Um, Tessa and I were talking about this a couple of days ago and the, the best picture I can give you, it's like Tessa and I, we left our house, went out for a stroll around the block and we came back and it's almost like the house that we built, like a wrecking ball came through and completely demolished it. I came in like a red ball. Yeah, it's like it's like this house that we built was completely destroyed, you know, mm-hmm. after losing Haven. It it, yeah. it was it was just really it was really difficult. We've talked about this already. And so I think we're we're at a point now uh, and have already been going through some of this. We're at a point now where we're I don't think we're in, we're no longer like deconstructing. Maybe a few, maybe some things. Maybe something we still we still have questions about and still wondering and still have some doubts. But but we're in a place now where we're where we're saying, okay, this house that was built that is now torn torn down and torn apart. What house do we want to rebuild? Yeah. Did we did we like the layout of this house? Did we did we did we are we okay with three bedrooms? Maybe we shut out a fourth bedroom. You know, looking at our belief system, our lives, the way we view ourselves, the way we view the world and yeah. other people. Um, now we're at a point where we're going, what do we want to reconstruct? Yeah. We're kind of we're kind of over the like pulling, picking everything apart because again, you can you can spiral out of control. You can it can easily lead to just depression, I think, and anxiety and and anger and and again, some of that you kind of need to experience. But but now what? Yeah. Now what do you do? Where do you go? It's from okay. Here? To, it's okay to be there, but it's not okay to stay there. Yes, yes. And I think you you need to dig the holes, right? You need to like chase those rabbits, go down the rabbit trail. Where does where does that lead you? But personally, I'm a firm believer that if you're seeking the truth, you'll find it. Yeah. Which I think is different than you know the great ancient poet Qui Gon Jinn from Star Wars, if you don't know who Qui-Gon Jinn is, <laughs> said, what you focus on is what you see. That's a good quote. What you focus on is what you see. And it's just true. I mean, we're going to do a, a, an episode on gratitude um, here soon. Yeah. But when you, and there are studies done around this, and I can't go down this rabbit hole or I'll get lost, but there's studies around this, like 
something just as simple as removing negative words in your vocabulary, in your writing, and in the way you talk improves your like mental state. It makes you healthier, happier. Apparently makes you better looking too. I read that in an article. Yeah, Gratitude can make you better looking. <laughs> for those of you looking out for... Out there looking. <laughs> <laughs> looking for love in all the wrong places. No, what you focus wow, on is what you really see. Texan oh, it's, you. Uh, yeah, it's true. I think there is a lot of truth, Derek, to what you're saying with um, if you're searching for truth, you'll find it. Uh, I think there's a great point what you were saying about gratitude and some ways that we, we kind of pulled ourselves out of the deconstruction. Because at some point, you have to stop demoing and you have to start rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've, find, we've entered into that phase of rebuilding and we're still there. Like, we're still in process. Like, this is not a, hey, we got it all together. Let us show you how to mm-hmm. reconstruct and here's <laughs> what we did. And this is in process. We're, yeah. we're in, in, um, in the thick of it, which is really beautiful um, for us to get to do this together. And, and a lot of the unanswered questions that we have, I think that it goes back to just believing that we serve a bigger God and we mm-hmm. just believe that the things that have happened to us, like have made us stronger and we're not going to let those things destroy us and we're not going to let deconstruction have the last word mm-hmm. and we're going to build something mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. and we're going to make an impact and we're going to make mm-hmm. a difference even in just a small, small, small way. Yeah. Um, I'm reminded we got a package this week um, from our old church back in Houston. And the, in the package um, envelope, there was a photo. Mm-hmm. And the photo was of a well that had been built in honor of our daughter that we, we lost, Haven Rose. And we'd heard the church was doing this and wanting to um, build a well in her name mm-hmm. in India. And we'd heard about it and we were grateful and we, we got a few like updates on it, but we never really knew what was finalized about it. So when we, we got to see the pictures, it just had this moment for me of like, that's what I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. we're going to be able to bring water to people who are thirsty and need clean water. Mm-hmm. And that's just beautiful mm-hmm. representation of, of, what our pain has brought um, mm. in the beauty that it's it's brought. Yeah, kind of creating beauty from ashes. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about why it's important to reconstruct, but mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about some tools that we kind mm. of have been using. So what's, what's in our tool belt for this uh, rebuilding situation? Yeah. How, to, how to rebuild, how to reconstruct. Yeah, and of course, we're being super vague on a lot of things. And, you know, <laughs> if, if you guys have any questions, you know, feel free to, to reach out. And yeah. uh, we'd love to even point you in a direction that's maybe a little more specific to your needs. Mm-hmm. What are some of the tools we used and have used and are using to rebuild the house, reconstruct? Well, the first one has been solitude. Mm. Solitude, finding the space to think and to think and pray and for me this is a very natural thing like I, I I'm constantly trying to figure out how can I retreat to be alone constantly um, yeah. not constantly that's not true <laughs> I, 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 I waffle between that and wanting to serve and be helpful I know. and so but for you Tessa that's that's kind of a newfound thing right yeah I I know I struggle with being alone when it comes to my thoughts at times but 
when I do get space, I come out alive. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just remade new in those few moments with spending time just listening. Just I I I stopped praying as far as like telling God stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of in this like I just want to hear from Him. So I'm I'm listening more, and you know if I get a nudge or feeling or a sense, like I write it down yeah. and. It kind of just starts pouring out once once I feel like he's speaking to me, which sounds really weird. Mm. We can get into more of mm. that on another <laughs> podcast. But yeah, I think solitude is a little scary to a lot of people in this generation. Um, mm. I think we spend so much time on our phones. We're always connected. We yeah. are constantly inputting. And so when you unplug... Mm-hmm. It, it gets loud yeah. and, you, and it is kind of hard to, to function when it's quiet because it's so loud. The silence is so loud. So mm-hmm. I think this is a great way to really bring that practice in of, mm-hmm. of getting alone. Uh, when we were growing up or even now, it's still called a quiet time. You know, you can mm-hmm. oh, get your quiet time get in. Quiet time. And I just, it just quiet. never, I never was good at a quiet time. I could <laughs> never get myself to, to sit and be quiet. It looks different for me now. Uh, yeah. And I think it should as you mm-hmm. grow and become more mature and I'm still, we're still really far from full, <laughs> awesome maturity. Um, but it, we're on our way. We're all pilgrims. So yeah, on this journey, mighty pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. So number one, solitude. Uh, number two would be community, right? Because when you tear apart a building and you want to rebuild, you need to hire an architect. Yeah. You, you need, need outside help. Yeah. Yeah. You need, you definitely need help. It can get messy. Yeah. So getting people around you that trust you and that you trust and, and people that you can be uh, honest and transparent with and vulnerable, vulnerable with and, and even people who, are, who can be there to remind you. Yeah. Remind you who you are. Um, yeah. People that know you, you in many seasons of mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Can be helpful. Yes. So old friends are good. Um, even family if you're able to go there with, with your family members, parents, siblings, I think that's super, super helpful. So first thing is, is finding space to be alone, solitude. Two is, is then finding people who can come alongside you and help you in this rebuilding process. And the third thing, which really goes along with solitude, is, uh, is listening prayer, which you kind of yeah, talked about, right? Like quit telling God what he already knows. The problem isn't that he doesn't know. The problem is we don't know. Yeah. Right? So there's something we don't know that he knows that he knows that we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so be quiet. Turn off your phone. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to take several times to be alone before you hear anything, before mm. you get any sort of yeah. nudges or senses or anything. And I'm a yeah. feeler, so I get, I get all, all that. Mm-hmm. What else? What other tools are, are helpful? I think... For me, I think revisiting, um, I told somebody the other day to remember your altars. Remember your altars. Don't forget your altars. I think there's something important about, um, there's a reason that in the scriptures we see um, God say, remember, 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 don't forget that and fear not because uh, we're always afraid. But remember, remember, it's, it's important to look back and go, where have I seen, in, at least in the context of, you know, if you're deconstructing your faith, to look back and go, where, where do I know I've seen God at work? Where, where are the personal moments, the personal encounters I've had with, with God in my life that I know I can point back to and say, no one can take that experience away from me. 
because um, that was my experience. And we all have something, I think at least probably one, hopefully. For instance, for me personally, losing our daughter and, and not being able to hold you know, Haven Rose alive challenged my, my belief that, that God is a healer. Now, I don't know where you're at you know, in terms of your faith journey, if, if you even believe there's a God, but, but for me growing up, I was, I was taught and it was demonstrated for me that God was a, was a healer. And I've, I've seen people healed of cancer. I've, I've, uh, I've been healed myself. I've seen people who had back issues and all of a sudden back issues gone, pain-free, you know, running for the first time. Like I've seen God do this for people. And the thing I deeply struggled with was why didn't he do it for me? <laughs> and Yeah, for us that for, day. Yeah. So that's been one of those things that I think I've wrestled with and struggled with to go, well, you know, if, if God is a healer, he certainly isn't isn't interested in, in hearing my healing prayers or requests yeah. for healing. And so yeah. that's been a, we've had to, I've had to work through that. And so And um, still working through and that. And still working through that. Like, yeah. oh gosh, you know, rebuilding trust there. Um, but for you, that might be something totally different. It might, yeah. it, it, it could be around, you know, was was Jesus the Son of God? Do I believe in a God at all? What's the deal with evil and good versus evil and all of that? Yeah. And why, why, why evil? Right? There's all these huge issues that at some point we have to come face to face with and make a decision about. Yeah, and and you don't have to put that decision on Facebook. You don't no. have to be please you know, don't so outward about it. <laughs> um, and those are great conversational pieces when mm. you're with someone face to face. Um, for for me, we we haven't really touched on deconstruction of self mm-hmm. yet. Um, and I, honestly, I think we're gonna wait. We have another uh, topic coming up that is gonna kind of walk through a little bit more of the self discovery process mm-hmm. for us, and it'll we'll touch more on this next time, but just the deconstruction of self and actually going back to, you know, who am I? I think that's been honestly even bigger for me than the faith deconstruction. Mm. I think because it's, it's interconnected. Yeah. And when mm. you have wrong beliefs about yourself, yeah, you're going to definitely filter and have wrong beliefs about God and yeah. about, um, the gospel. And so I think for me, who am I, who was I made for, what was I made for? And going back to what identity is, but then what are the patterns? What are the things that I've fallen into? And the Enneagram has been really helpful for us. And I know we haven't talked about that yet, but we we hope to. Um, mm-hmm. We will in the future. So hang tight. I know it's it's kind of a, a desirable topic for people. Yeah. Because um, it can be really a, a very helpful tool, like a lot of things we're going to be talking about as tools, but it can only take you so far. And there's mm-hmm. there's a lot more work to be done outside of these, the deconstruction outside of the Enneagram, um, mm-hmm. stuff that work that you actually have to do, yeah. that you have to get alone and mm-hmm. have to ask these really hard questions. We did a, a Enneagram training recently. And at the end of it, there was this list of questions that we needed to answer. And I was like, these are really hard and (laughs) I'm going to have to really, really think about some of these anyway, Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. so that's, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. It's scary, but we want to just be a friend to you guys Mm -hmm. on this journey through the wandering through a season that is inevitable for Mm -hmm. anyone. Uh, I think whether you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, you're going to have some sort of deconstruction, whether you call it that or not, yeah. it's going to be there in some yeah. form or fashion. So I hope this helped mm-hmm. you guys with 
just hearing us and mm. our perspective and our observations. So, yeah. okay. So Derek, any last words? Yeah, I would say just to kind of recap deconstruction. Uh, don't be afraid of it. Dig the holes, chase the rabbits, see, see where it goes. It's okay to pull things apart. We just don't think it's okay to, to stay that way. And so do your process of deconstruction, but then turn to reconstruction. What are you going to rebuild? What do you want your foundation to be? And how do you want to build this new structure of your life, your faith, whatever it is that you feel like um, you need to rebuild? Yeah, so if you guys want to help continue um, getting the word out for this new podcast, we are still very new, and we don't have any sort of grand plans of becoming rich and famous from this, guys. This is merely just a place for us to share and encourage. So Mm. if you found this helpful, please share with a friend. Uh, We'd love for you to be able to... um, write a review that really helps the podcast become more visible and for more people to see it and lastly you can subscribe that way you always know when a new episode becomes available just pops right there in your little podcast listener feed and make sure to remember that not all those who wander are lost thanks for listening see you next time